Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Well, Democrats are working fast and furious to come up with a framework for the social safety net and a reconciliation package, a bill that President Biden has said would cost the American people zero in the end. Uh, we have to get past the headlines on all of this. If it's true, how do you pay for it? How much is being spent? We've got to get past the headlines of what everyone wants you to believe from the left to the right and get to the numbers, the dollars and cents, and who's going to pay for it? Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Well, there's a lot to think again about when it comes to a lot of the spending that goes on in our nation's capital. Uh, And I've been critical of both sides of the aisle for using gimmicks and strategies and nuanced words uh, to try to convince us that we're not really paying for a whole lot of things. Uh, You may remember back when the uh, bipartisan infrastructure bill, which passed the Senate and is waiting to be voted on in the House, uh, I was very critical of many of the gimmicks and tactics that were inserted into the bill to say, hey, this isn't going to cost anything. And you have to you have to be willing to look at those and really challenge them because some of them are not just head scratching. Uh, some of them are just downright unbelievable. Uh, so, for example, let's go back to the this is bipartisan. So this is equal opportunity offender moment. In the infrastructure bill, part of the way they're going to pay for that, according to the bill, is they're going to sell off a significant amount of the strategic oil reserve for the country. Now, that sounds like an okay thing, although when we're all paying a heck of a lot more for gas, it doesn't seem like that's the right way to go there. But when you look at that, uh, the, the gimmicky math they've used says that the pay-for is that they're going to sell off part of this strategic oil reserve at $75 a barrel, meaning that whenever they do this in the future, the price of oil has to be $75 a barrel or it's not going to work. They would also have to sell approximately 80 million barrels worth of oil just to meet that part of the revenue in the package. So what are we really what are we really bringing in? And is that really going to work? So let's fast forward now so we are here live today. And over the last few days, the Democrats have started to throw out a number of different scenarios in terms of how they're going to pay for the reconciliation package, which again is not going to have any Republican votes. It's going to be strictly along party lines. Uh and so uh this is Less of a criticism of the Democrats is more a criticism that 
we can't get everybody in a room and have this conversation because we're remember we've had a few 11th hour moments on this reconciliation bill uh, we wanted it before the august recess we wanted it before the end of the fiscal year in september we wanted it by the first of october we wanted it by the 31st of october now we got to have it done before the president leaves the country tomorrow and now now we're going to try to figure out how to pay for it you had nine months to figure out the math and that's the problem with math in washington it just doesn't add up other than it ends up costing all of us as citizens so house speaker nancy pelosi said uh, responding to the billionaire's tax uh, sounds nice. Uh, is it going to actually cover the the hole in terms of paying for all of this? Listen to what Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi said. Well, the billionaire's tax, tax is, uh, shall we say, has an appeal, but it doesn't produce that much money. Okay. It's, we Because the bill is not written yet, we hope it will be written today and introduced tomorrow, only then can the Joint Tax Committee evaluate what it brings in. We anticipate $200, $250 billion, but we need closer to $2 trillion. So, where so we have other things. Such as? Well, such as we have enforcement, and that's several hundred billion dollars. We have the overseas harmonization of taxes, and that's a few hundred billion dollars. We have an array. Okay, did you catch that? <laughs> so this is, this is the Democratic leader in the House. This is Nancy Pelosi saying that the billionaire tax sounds nice, but it doesn't produce that much money. She said, this is, these are her words. She said, we anticipate that the billionaire tax would bring in somewhere between 200 and 250 billion, with a B. Then she said, what we need is two trillion. Two trillion. So all of this wrangling and handwringing over the billionaire's tax, it's not even a drop in the bucket. It's maybe 200 to $250 billion, and what they need to cover the cost is $2 trillion. So let's continue on with, again, this is Speaker Nancy Pelosi. It's just this tiny amount in the billionaire's tax. Uh, even with that, she said, yeah, we'll probably throw it in. We probably will have a wealth tax, yeah. but again, it's only 10% of what we need. So so she's declaring herself, it, it's only going to be 10% of what we've got to have. So think of the gap. So even if we do this billionaire thing, and some people are wringing their hands about that, and you can have that debate as to what that would do and wouldn't do and, and the fallout of that and the unintended consequences, you can have that debate. Uh, but it's only 10% of the amount they've got to cover to get to the point that the president said it won't cost us anything. It's not going to cost the American people anything. Uh, it just doesn't add up. Uh, Senator Manchin today, uh, he threw in a new option, a new scenario. Uh, he called it the Patriot Tax. There should be a 15% patriotic tax. But we've said and we've all agreed on a 15% corporate tax. Well, people in the stratosphere, rather than trying to penalize them, we ought to be pleased that this country is able to produce the wealth. But with that, there's a patriotic duty that you should be paying something to this great country to give you the protection and the support and the opportunities. So this is a, uh, a debate that's gone on for a, a few years in terms of, he's calling it a patriot tax. Many have called it a flat tax that everybody would pay. 
And uh, and I think that's a debate worth having. And we have to be careful because if you have a flat tax and if you if you go full European model, uh, then you end up with these value added taxes uh, and other fees that end up costing a lot more. Uh, and so those are all those are all good debates to have. I'm all for that. But how in the world we can be in the 11th hour of all of this and we're still wondering how are we going to pay for that, to me tells me we haven't really thought this all the way through. There's no business, there's no family in America that can say, yeah, we're going we're gonna to spend 10 times what we bring in and we'll figure out how to pay for it a little later. What could possibly go wrong? Uh, And so, yeah, a lot of headlines, a lot of vitriol in terms of the politics of all of this. But we need to have a very clear-eyed, clear-thinking, clear-headed view of the dollars and cents because they just don't make sense. Think again with Boyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do when a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything it was violent it was senseless and i will never understand it i will never accept it i'm amy donaldson and unfortunately we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives but what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt in a new podcast the letter we relive tragedy but only so we can hear the rest of the story, the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.